Hello, and welcome to part 3 of Nervous Nelly's Rewind, Series 2, the podcast of the show about Nervous Energy and Music. You're listening on Sin with Bailey. This part will cover the Nervous Nelly of the Week, Nervous Network, and Access Spotlight segments from Episodes 5 and 6 from the October to December 2021 radio season of Nervous Nellies. Just a note that these segments contain discussions that are in reference to specific songs that aired just before or after them on the original episode. For copyright reasons, these songs can't be included in the podcast, but if you go to the show page on the SIN website, if you're not there already, you'll see an article for this podcast that includes a playlist with all the songs that were referenced, and as a bonus, there's also a further listening playlist with songs that weren't on the original episode, but give context to some of the segment discussions if you're interested in learning more. So check out the article, check out the playlists, and without further ado, here's the episodes. Episode 5 You just heard What's Not Mine by Kate LeBond, and you're listening to Nervous Nellies. Sin with Bailey. So being the first artist played, this episode makes Kate LeBon our Nervous Nelly of the Week. She's a Welsh artist who started out by playing guitar-focused indie rock, and stands out by performing more in the tradition of 70s new wave like Talking Heads, or even late 60s kinks, as opposed to the slacker rock or solo singer-songwriter guitarists that were big in the 2010s. Her band is tight and rhythmic, best evidenced by this track from 2016's Crab Day, where the same beat gets kept for over seven minutes. The themes aren't unserious, but get expressed in indirect, quirky language, like the chorus from one of the album's singles, Love is not love when it's a coat hanger, borrowed line, or passenger. Her music since that album has been composed more in isolation, which was self-imposed for 2019's reward, and assumedly forced by the pandemic for our next album, Pompeii, which was recently announced for February of next year. My understanding is that these albums were also written using other instruments like piano and bass, and without your band present, and potentially with a higher budget, it makes sense to take greater creative liberties with your instrumentation and arrangements and so on. I've seen Reward described with labels like Art Pop or Avant Pop because it's a lot slower in places and also makes much more use of keyboards and saxophones, but some of that instrumentation is already embedded into albums like Crab Day anyway. I was lucky enough to see her live near the end of 2019 where she ended with this song, and the ensemble that was touring with her to play songs off Reward were perfectly suited to the rockier style as well, just with more sax. I guess what I'm getting at is even if the new direction gets written up as somehow being more artistic, realistically her thoughtful, nervy, and kinetic songwriting style has always been there. Technically I'm playing into this supposed divide by airing her earlier work with a more explicitly motoric rhythm. That's partly just for the benefit of this segment, since it's easier for me to talk about a rock style with decades of history, and one that I associate as nervous. And if I have a harder time pinning down reward, or 
Pompeii in the future. It's probably a good thing. Anyway, up next is track 3 of the self-titled album by So. You just heard track 3 of the self-titled album by So, and you're listening to Nervous Nellies on Sin with Bailey. The artist So is Marcus Pop of Oval and Eriko Toyota. I've tried not to add too many Oval tracks this season, given how high rotation he was last time, but I'm making an exception for this collaboration because it's the last album he worked on before taking a seven-year hiatus and returning in 2010 with a fairly different style of electronic composition. And the collaboration also deviates from the style of glitch he had settled into during the 90s because it features actual live vocals and instruments. Before this point, Oval has had guest artists on just one album, 1997's Doc, made with Christoph Charles. Doc stands out for having no CD skips or explicitly glitchy sounds, because the samples are instead sourced from Christoph's field recordings, but there's still no outright singing or performance aspects to it. 2013's Kaleidoscopia and Voa feature guest vocals from a variety of South American artists, but in many cases, Oval's instrumentals that they sing over are pre-existing, coming from albums like Pre-Commerce and Oval DNA. In this sense, So is still unique for being a full album with a single guest songwriter and few or no ready-mades. It's also a great example of how traditional songwriting can be deconstructed with production techniques, courtesy of Oval, that aren't even necessarily that complex. For example, the overly compressed vocals in some parts are allegedly just from playing the original audio through laptop speakers and re-recording the output. And the composition process itself is just from Erico's original recordings being passed between the two artists with edits slowly applied, like compressing an image by repeatedly saving it as a JPEG. So is also kind of a return to the original direction of Oval's CD-skip-focused albums, which highlighted how digital recording and production gradually degrade the idea of an original song, whereas his albums from Oval Process onwards were far more interested in presenting the production software as the composition itself. And working with a dedicated songwriter and allowing fragments of the original voice and guitar recordings to seep through occasionally creates a level of intimacy despite the continual abrasive noise. And because of this, I am calling this collaboration this week's instance of the Nervous Network. Anyway, up next is Little Bird's Moonbath by Yusu, featuring Michelle Helen McKenzie. You just heard Chilal Kick by Maladiwi, and you're listening to Nervous Nellies on Sin with Bailey. That brings us to the Access Spotlight portion of the episode. This is a bit of a simple one, but I'll be airing a track off one of Atlas Sound's many self-recorded albums he put out for free on the former Deer Hunter blog in 2010, and before that, several EPs and singles. I went into this a little when I made him a Nervous Nelly of the Week last season, but it was a hugely generous gesture and heavily ambitious for the time, especially after he'd already put out a handful of studio albums with Deer Hunter and by himself. And the icing on the cake is that the bedroom compositions often allow themselves to delve a bit more into synths and sound collages, 
Not necessarily glitch, but still toying with loops and chopped and screwed samples. This occasionally crops up in his group's studio albums, but more on the fringes, like in the Japanese bonus tracks of 2010's Halcyon Digest, for example. But it's always great to hear, so without further ado, here's Heatwave. You just heard Number One by Animal Collective, and you're listening to Nervous Nellies on Sin with Bailey. So, being the first track on the episode makes Animal Collective our Nervous Nelly of the Week. Last season, I talked a bit about entropy and the idea of pushing a technological innovation so much that when you can't go any further, your band breaks up. With the alternative being that when you change styles between albums, it's just phases, or you arbitrarily putting on different hats. It would be unfair to describe Animal Collective as this alternative, but the group's makeup is so heavily dependent on each member's individual trajectory with technology that, from the outside, the sound of each album can seem arbitrary. This is also influenced by the band members being very skilled with both acoustic instruments and electronics, with the group being refreshingly open about each member not having to be on all releases, their discography is extremely diverse, depending on where each member is at on their own trajectory, and who's on what record. For example, the band starts with drum and piano duets with high-frequency synth adornments, then three-man rock ensemble noise jams in the style of early 2000s Black Dice, then purely acoustic music with a different trio, self-described as campfire songs. Then it flips between those two extremes for a while, before settling on a mix of electronically influenced indie rock. If they do have a constant, I guess it's that even their most acoustic music is composed in the shadow of recording technology and a culture of growing up with records. Campfire Songs has separate field recordings superimposed over it, and was tightly composed and rehearsed to sound like a seamless, improvised session between mates. The duet Sung Tongs is similar, but with even more post-production and audio manipulation, which is a style I have seen referred to as freak folk. Where they start to push the envelope, in my opinion, is when this sample-based post-production gets applied to a rock ensemble, as in 2007's Strawberry Jam, which this track is from. In number one, the electronics take the form of a descending synth loop with vocal distortion over the live elements of light percussion, guitars, and harmonies. And the improvised vibe still comes across through the synth loops starting off desynced with each other and then with the rest of the performance. By the next album, 2009's Merryweather Post Pavilion, the drum kit and guitars were shelved in favor of more synthesizers which, to their credit, did anticipate the direction of indie music in the 2010s. But I did enjoy the nervous clash between live sampling and rock instruments from the mid-2000s. The first single from the new album they announced early next year does have a full ensemble though, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that'll sound. Anyway, up next is Essence by Cocteau Twins. You just heard My Workday in May by Mice Parade, and you're listening to Nervous Nellies on Sin with Bailey. In contrast to our Nervous Nelly of the Week, 
this artist has more of an immediately distinct trajectory and sound, which starts with them being a solo project that slowly got more members on board, first to perform live, and then going on to influence the songwriting itself. Last season, I discussed how frontman Adam Pearce imposed a one-take recording policy on himself, potentially to emphasize spontaneity, given the music started with all instruments being recorded by him and laid over each other in the final mix. In other words, to create a live element when there wasn't really one otherwise. I wanted to cover this song to highlight another nervous technique that influences the composition of Mice Parade's early solo works, which is self-recorded loops. Later solo albums like Ramta have impressively diverse and complex instrumental lines, but Mice Parade's debut, 1998's The True Meaning of Boodley Bay, is an excellent example of how you can still make substantial compositions with less instruments, using loops and some backmasking. It's also an interesting contrast to some bands like Tame Impala, which start out recording as a whole ensemble until a leader emerges and starts recording every instrument themselves, but still arranging it for a band performance, transitioning the other instrumentalists to dedicated touring members in the process. In this case, the loop-based compositions and solo recordings are presumably a budgetary constraint until Pierce could get other mates to perform with him, but it goes to show how turn-of-the-century advancements in self-production can be a great starting point for until that whole ensemble approach can be achieved, if that is your end goal. And the studio manipulation leaves a unique mark on how the music sounds in the process. For these reasons, I'm calling my workday in May this week's instance of the Nervous Network. Anyway, up next is When It's All Over by Art vs. Science. You just heard Lay Down by Caravan Palace. You're listening to Nervous Nellies on Sin with Bailey. This next track counts a bit as both a drone zone segment for its length, but also an access spotlight for its unique origin. I've talked a bit about Staff Cirque on this show before, but just to recap, it's a musical collective and label that has been putting out free compilations since 2015. It grew from the label Bit Puritans, which put out a compilation album of authentic 8-bit music in 2013 that could be played on an NES. Staff Cirque expanded on that foundation by showcasing original and authentic compositions based on other video game console sound chips. On the first episode of this season, for example, I ate a track of theirs that used instruments from the game Double Dragon to make a new song. Other songs they publish blend both video game sourced and original synth instruments, which I've heard referred to as digital fusion, and more generally, their compilations highlight the history of digitally composed music be it reinterpreting MIDI songs that came preloaded on old Windows computers, doing the modern equivalent to what Wendy Carlos did with analog synthesizers in Switched On Bach by covering Nikolai Kapustin's Opus 40 in this digital fusion style, or just publishing tracker music based on video game hardware or otherwise. With that background in mind, I'll be putting on the final track of their latest compilation, Luna Octava, I believe the album is themed around microtonal compositions, 
which must have different implications for how you'd achieve that in tracker software than if you were to play microtones on a guitar, for example. And this 15-minute behemoth is titled New Drum 7, and is brought to you by Akrail.